Welcome to My Crazy Office Podcast with the authors of Working With You Is Killing Me, Working For You Isn't Working For Me, and Mean Girls At Work. Kathy Elster and Katherine Crowley. They are committed to creating world peace, one crazy office at a time. And now, here are Kathy and Katherine. Hi, everyone. I'm Kathy Elster. And I'm Katherine Crowley. And welcome to My Crazy Office. Today, we're going to talk about a tough topic, chronic lateness. We'll start with a question from someone who recently hired a chronically late office manager and isn't sure what to do about it. Next, we'll examine the topic from the chronically late person's point of view Hmm. and how someone uh, who is always late addressed their own behavior. Oh boy, this is a tough one. I know. I mean, you and I both know some really great people and great employees who are afflicted with this condition. Yeah. I hope more people will send questions like this to info at mycrazyoffice.co. So here's the question. I am the COO for a small growing company. I recently hired a new office manager who I'm having a real issue with. Although this person is highly competent and has excellent references, she seems to be incapable of showing up uh, for work on time. Hmm. And this is a problem. As the office manager opens our office and serves as a role model for the rest of the staff. I've talked to her about it and she says that she is trying. Hmm. Yet she continues to be 15 to 20 20 minutes late every day. Her latest excuse was, I don't take a full lunch hour, so I make up the lost time that way. (laughs) That's not going to work. What do I do? You know, it's really tough because 15 to 20 minutes, I think for in many positions is not that big a deal. Yeah. But for the person who opens the office. Yeah. That, you know, that means something and that is the job. So... Well, I think it's interesting because in a way, the the person who's the COO, I think that they have some, they have some options here besides just letting the person go. I mean, you could have someone else open the office. Okay. Right. You could, um, but you'd have to decide that the lateness was worth. Right. Right. There are other things about this person that made it worth it to tolerate the lateness and and that the other problem with that is then you're almost condoning it if you say okay someone else is going to open the office well it's making the job fit the person rather yeah. than the person doing the what the job requires but yeah. it, it does seem you know kind of like you know so rigid in a way mm-hmm. uh, but I'm not, I don't know what the problem, the person's problem is. You know, there's definitely a problem there that they can't get in that 15 minutes early. I'm somebody who's always on time. In fact, I'm always early. Yes. So I think you relate to this, but I, I have, <laughs> I, mean, I think this person has to be written up. Right. You mean given a warrant as given a warning. That's right. As an employee. Just yeah. to see if they will take that seriously, because yeah. what's it going to take for this person to show up? 15 minutes earlier. Well, it's interesting you say that because I think also often in small growing companies, the general atmosphere is less formal, right? So the notion of writing someone up could be unusual in itself. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we don't we usually do that. We just give them a verbal warning or we tell them what we want and then we look for improvement. Mm-hmm. So I think you're right that in some ways making it more official and less personal yeah. is a really important first move. Yeah, I mean, it. what would be included with the write-up would be the job description, which they've gotten, and mm-hmm. it would be what the manual says. Mm-hmm. And this is the job. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to switch to a different job in the company, we can talk about that. Yeah. But that's what this job requires. And yeah. Because it's it seems to be a sticky point for this person. They don't want this flexibility. They don't want, um, they just don't want the standard. They want a, a higher quality standard yes. in, in this position. And I get that it's important. This is the particular job is that they open the office and they should always be there. Um, well, and well, we've also, we talk about in working with you is killing me the, the thing too, that time is usually something around which people have boundaries. So what my bet would be is that the COO probably has very formal and strict time boundaries, him or herself. Most likely. Yeah. And that's why this particular behavior sets them off so much. Yeah. So, you know, that's another part of it too. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I mean, I hear what you're saying. You can always have someone else open the office, but this is the job. The job is to open the office and I'm sure other parts of the job that are equally, if not more important. But I think that once you start rewriting the job description to suit this person, yeah, um, you know, yeah, you're in trouble. Yeah. I mean, as I'm somebody who does, who believes in showing up on time and, you know, everyone's got the same 24 hours. I'm sure everyone's heard me say this. We have the same 24 hours. Nobody has any more or any less. We have the same 24 hours. So to be disrespectful to other people's time. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I haven't, I, that's just a personal thing I have. Uh, you know, yeah, plan. I share that even though I'm not as punctual as you, I don't care for it either. And I think the other thing that's important about what this COO is saying is that the office manager serves as a role model for the rest right. of the staff. So in a, a sense, if you're allowing that person to do it, then you're condoning it for others. Yeah. And, you know, what bothers me also is that nobody walks into the office and just starts working. Like they walk in, they yeah. have to have their coat, they got to, you know, put their lunch away. They have to, you know, put their makeup on or whatever they're doing. They, it's, you know, they don't get right to work. Yeah. Emails, you got to turn everything on. So this person's really not getting to work till 1030. Yeah. That bugs That's me. That's not okay. <laughs> it bugs me. Well, I can add to the, I'll add fuel to the fire and say, typically the individuals who I know who suffer from chronic lateness in terms of being punctual, also have problems with deadlines. Yeah. Also have problems with meeting the, um, you know, the time constraints of meetings, showing up in time for meetings. And so it's, it, chronic lateness is not just about showing up on time. Right. For it's everywhere, usually everywhere. It's not written in the in the question, but I think that's probably accurate. It's probably not just I, I, they show up 
Like this is just a piece that's bothering this person. Yeah. But it, I just, I had this client once. I remember there was this woman who would show up late and then she would spend about 45 minutes in the kitchen separating out her strawberries and her raspberries, like <laughs> her morning breakfast, really to precision. Like she had a whole routine and she didn't get to work for quite a while. Yeah. So yeah, that used to really bug the um, CEO of that company. It infuriated him. <laughs> I had to give a speech about how, you know, come early if you have to prepare your breakfast. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so you're probably right. This person probably is late on everything. Yeah. So while you're writing them up, <laughs> you can give them the what a performance improvement plan. Yeah. Maybe all overall relating to time, meeting deadlines, yeah. showing up on time. And as you say, applying it to the job description and then see what happens. But then it, from what you're saying, Kathy, you have to hold them to the standard. And if, if not, then you'll have, you'll have to let them go. Right. Unfortunately you do. Um, you know, I'm from the school of, if this is important to you, then you have to follow through with it. You can't make yeah. You, you can't really let somebody get away with it. And it seems petty. Yeah. Because, you know, just to get somebody to even come to the office is not that easy these days. That's right. So, but I think this is very important to the COO. So he can find someone. He can find a, a, an office manager who can show up on time. Yeah. I mean, that's a very detail-oriented job. That's a job where you have to deliver on time. Right. So probably uh, it's not the right person for the job, unfortunately. Yeah. And the COO needs to do more careful vetting next time. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if this person was on time for their interviews. Ooh, that's such a good question. They probably were. <laughs> for once. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure it wasn't easy. Um, so let's consider this issue from the other side. What what if you're chronically late? How do you address it yourself? I'm going to throw this to you because I've never had this. Yeah. Um, well, and I've worked with quite a few people on this issue. I think the main thing, first, you have to decide it's something that you want to change because it's not going to be easy. Mm -hmm. And then the main thing that you have to do is a, you have to stop being a time optimist. Chronically mm -hmm. late people always think they can get more done than is realistic in a period of time. They always think their commutes are going to be shorter than they actually are. They always think they can fit in one last thing before they leave for the office. So you'd have to, A, stop being overly optimistic about what you can do in your time. Learn how to be realistic. And probably you need someone else to help you with that. Mm -hmm. B, you'd have to do the thing that, Kathy, you've taught me, which is to build in time cushions. Mm -hmm. or buffers, as I think you've called them before, where you add, instead of subtracting, saying, well, I can get to work in 20 minutes, add an extra half hour and say, okay, it's going to take me an hour and a half or an hour plus and give yourself that time. Mm -hmm. So just those two things would be a start, but those are big things. They're not little things. And mostly it requires that you slow down enough and stop over-promising to yourself and to others, because often these individuals are actually people pleasers, like they want to be able to do everything. 
So you have to, you know, make under promise and over deliver rather than over promising and delivering late. Um, and I would say really get some guidance. Like, I think you'd have to make this a project that this is the thing that you want to address and you're going to do it through behavior modification. And I have seen people change this. Yeah, I have too. I remember I had this friend once who went to a therapist who told her in the morning, cause she could never get to work on time in the morning to actually time everything out. How long did it take you to get out yes. of bed? How long yep. did it take you to have your coffee? How long did your shower take? How long? And she sat and timed it all and she needed two and a half hours in order to be at work on time. Yes. She was able to give herself that time. Right. And that's something I just do automatically. Like yeah. I, I set deadlines, like you have to leave for the gym at this time. You have to leave the gym at this time to get back so that you, you have one hour to take a shower and get out the door. Like I, yeah. I have that kind of sense of timing, yes. uh, but people have to learn it. Like, what does it actually take? That's right. And actually that's a really wonderful suggestion, Kathy, that the first thing you could do, it's called time tracking is yeah. to track your time. Yeah. Right. So that instead of figuring out how you need to change it, you're at least initially seeing how you use it. Yeah. As you say, since we all have the same 24 hours, where is your time going? Yeah. How long does it take you to get to your car? How long does it take you, you know, on a good day, on a bad day? Like you should really know that. Yeah. I think don't all grownups know this? I guess not. <laughs> no. And there's another element because I'm now reflecting on some of the individuals who I've worked with who have time issues. And this isn't true for everyone, but sometimes if you have, like if you have ADHD, if you have attention deficit disorder, mm -hmm. you can be pulled off track into another subject area or, you know, do another task where one task leads to another, to, to another, it sort of bleeds your time if you're not aware of where it's going. Right. Yeah. I used to have a friend like that. Like she would just more organically decide how her day was going to go and yeah. get went in a million different directions and really didn't get very much done. Right. So yeah. it's a part of it, I think is appreciating how your brain works. And if yeah. this is a challenge for you, then saying, okay, this is a challenge. This is an area that's that's not doesn't come naturally to me. Mm -hmm. But the other part is to commit to realize that this is going to hurt my career if I yeah. don't get better at managing my time and understanding how to show up on time. Because I do think it really um, it generates resentment on the receiving end. Yeah. I mean, I wish I could just say to this person, I don't know who it is, but we're talking about 15 minutes. If you could just shave it off of something earlier in the morning, maybe get up 15 minutes early. That's maybe all it's going to take. And I know that's yeah. not easy, but you know, you've, if we're shaving 15 minutes, it's not that much time Yeah, for you to be able to get to work on time and keep yes. your job. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Frankly, if this individual, the person we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast does receive a PIP or does get a, you know, written or verbal warning, that's part of it because uh, there's a denial factor in there, yeah. at least in my experience for the people who are really chronically late where they're so surprised and they're also so surprised that it's upsetting to other people. Really? Yeah. 
really they haven't been told prior that Oh, people get mad at them, but they're surprised at how upset they get, you know, because I think it's just a lack of awareness of the impact of their behavior on others. When you're talking about your organic wow. planning friend, who I think I know who you're referencing, right? She would be surprised if you were upset by the fact that everything kept changing and the time was changing. And honestly, her life is a disaster. She never really accomplished anything. She's yeah. had a lot of problems in life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas I know there are successful people that have this problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. Are they surprised? Um, I just think they have a different relationship to time. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't like waiting for people either. I don't know <laughs> how you feel about that. <laughs> I don't either. We've talked, Kathy and I have talked about this uh, uh, quite a bit. Um, I'm a, I'm, I slip in right at the deadline, but I don't like waiting and I don't like keeping people waiting. So yeah, I mean, that's a whole nother thing. So if this is something that you're grappling with, or if you're working with someone who is grappling with this, I think the first thing is awareness, bring it to their attention. The second thing, if you're managing them, is to to have consequences if you want it to change. Yeah. Right? So that's it for this podcast. Um, if you have any further comments or thoughts on this topic, tweet us at SK2 and follow us on Instagram at MyCrazyOffice. And if you want to subscribe to our podcast, go to the My Crazy Office on our website and hit the subscribe button. Finally, don't forget to send your questions and stories to info at mycrazyoffice.co. My Crazy Office is produced in New York City at K-Squared Studios. Stay crazy.